Hello you lot and welcome to that time of the week. It's time for Near Perfect Pitch. It's time specifically for episode 128, which is brought to you by John Andrew Frederick, The Black Watch and The Madeline. That's a biscuit, by the way. And also by Dan Rosato, Your 33 Black Angels and The Rolled Oat Weed Cookie. Yes. Speaking to both those gentlemen at the end of the programme, John Andrew Frederick, who is the Black Watch, he's been on the programme before, diamond of a man, had a great chat with him, and as much as I had a, as I had a great chat with Dan Rosato as well, from uh, your 33 Black Angels who were just through town, who are currently on uh, a bit of a tour at the moment. Usual features, you're going to be able to uh, get your ears round, cover me, weekly peel. We've got a couple of hat-tricks this week, actually. In lieu of Tinterweb time, which I've ditched this week, I've chucked in an extra hat-trick. There's our obligatory fall. Ah, there is uh, Tune This, and our essential wax this week is Warm Jets. It is rather magical this week. This programme is going to get off to a flyer, starting with this. Your friends are waiting, it's the 
takes a good few hours to put near perfect pitch together on a weekly basis. Everything from playlisting and selecting to recording and editing, arranging the interviews, bit of graphic art, bit of uploading, bit of downloading, it takes a long time. So I'm proud to say that uh, Near Perfect Pitch is on Patreon. In lieu of any advertising, it's the only money I make to cover costs. Patreon.com slash Near Perfect Pitch. If you can spare a five or a tenner or 20 a month, more than grateful to you. You'll keep Near Perfect Pitch on the airwaves without any invasive advertising.
that is the latest gem by Sheffield's The Sun Charms. And that is uh, Red Dust. And you can get that at thesuncharms.bandcamp.com or at slumberlandrex.bandcamp.com. And before that, kicking off the programme, Jim Bob and Fruit Bat, uh, a.k.a. Carter, the Unstoppable Sex Machine, Carter USM even. That's their seventh single from 91, a non-LP single after the watershed, early learning the hard way. New releases, let's tell you what you're going to hear. The next song you're going to hear is going to be a new release. It's going to be by uh, Auckland's Miss June. You're also going to hear a lot of new material throughout the, the, the course of the programme, rather. Uh, new Water Boys. There's a new release, Hattrick, which consists of Earl and Cooper, She Keeps Bees and All Right by Monday. Also, also, we've got uh, some new material by Submotil Drala, or Drala, depending on how you want to pronounce it. And uh, all the material at the end of the programme is new as well. And uh, technically new when it comes from the Black Watch. Definitely new when it comes to your 33 Black Angels. As I mentioned, next up, from Auckland, New Zealand, Miss June with their latest single, Best Girl.
And there you go with a rather abrupt ending. That is this week's weekly peel from the 10th of July, 1990. That's Falling Down by Chapter House. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. And that's preceded by, from Auckland, Miss June with Best Girl. That's their latest single, missjune.bandcamp.com, to procure their material. They really are rather good. I do recommend snagging all their stuff. Now, up next, Casting Lazy Shadows by Pure Essence, a single from 96 that features on their debut self-titled LP, soon to be followed by the beautiful Melodian.
Belfast Melodian with the lead track to Let Your Weirdness Carry You Home from 2017. That's Some New Bones. And that's preceded by from 96 Casting Glazy Shadows by the magnificent Pure Essence. Indie top mop popsters they were indeed. Now it's time for this week's Cover Me. We're going to go back to uh, 2010 to a compilation that celebrated 50 years of Doc Martens. Yes, Dr. Martens. And it was a uh, wonderful... LP compilation of bands doing other bands, if you like. In this instance, it is the Ravenettes, God bless them, doing the Stone Roses.
from Toronto off their Fades LP from 2016. That is Don Vale and a tune called Strangers. And before we heard that, we heard the Ravenettes having a crack and a very good one at that, really, at I Want to Be Adored by the Stone Roses, a cover from 2010 that appears on 50 Years of Doc Martens, a nice little compilation. If you can ever get your hands on it, get it, because it's, uh, it's quite hard to get your hands on now, obviously, nearly, nearly 10 years later. Now, up next is new material by the Waterboys. Hang on a second, I did forget to tell you about Don Vale's Bandcamp page, donvale.bandcamp.com, and that's D-O-N-V-A-I. L.bankout.com. Ladbroke Grove Symphony is a song we're going to hear off Where the Action Is, the 15th studio release by the Waterboys. My goodness me. And here it is. At a basement flat off Portobello Road In my cowboy hat down the grove I strode With my buckled boots and my blue striped pants I knew how to groove I didn't know how to dance I wore a teenage rockabilly coat from Johnson's My head full of lyrics, wonder, love and magic Stuff and nonsense The counterculture was fading But echoed everywhere Rastas promenaded sleep that's the power of youth on the 
bus next morning the way we drove Never said a proper so long And thank you baby to my beloved Ladbroke Grove I tried a moving back when an age had passed The stage was still intact only with a different cast In a different play a whole new pantomime And I was just in the way And I was way out of time Some things I guess you ain't meant to repeat I retired to lick my wounds And scheme again on some other street by the Waterboys is warmly welcome. That's their, uh, well, it's not their new single, but it's a release off their latest and 15th studio LP where the action is called Ladbrook Grove Symphony. That's a song that we heard. Very evocative, that great little tune. And uh, now let's have another special feature, shall we? Let's have a reprieve from my voice. One of two hat tricks. I don't think I've ever done this before. I actually have two hat tricks in a programme. This one is an entirely thematic new release hat trick, starting with She Keeps Bees. Use this moment to be here right now In this gate of power It's the vision
by Monday, twitter.com slash allrightbymonday to follow them. They're Canadian, and uh, I believe that is their debut, debut, debut release. And before that, we heard from Scotland of uh, his latest, Sewell Skerry, first of the tide, that is Erland Cooper, and erlandcooper.com is where you want to be going to follow him, uh, E-R-L-A-N-D Cooper.com. She Keeps Bees are from Brooklyn, and off their seventh and latest LP, Kinship, we just heard first quarter moon to kick off the hat tricks. So that's another special feature out of the way. And I tell you what, let's have another one, shall we? Let's have our obligatory fall track this week. And uh, we're going to go back to, let's do the maths here, to uh, 2006, their 21st LP. This is uh, Off Are You Are Missing Winner. Here's the fall with Got to See Jane. <laughs> Yeah. 
find my way, to find my place in a world outside. I could not survive, I was left to drive. The constant chase to win the race. It's not a part of me. I've gotta find what left behind. Red light, green light, going through the dark night, staying through the pouring rain. I gotta see change. Highway, highway, going up the highway, going on a wilderness saying I gotta see jam. A town of steel that they don't feel that it's surreal, it's not a part of me. I gotta find what I got behind. The constant chase to win the race, the frantic pace, it's not a part of me. I gotta find what I left behind. And I can feel her arms around me. I gotta see Jane. I gotta see Jane. I gotta see Jane. Yeah. I gotta see Jane. This is the Tarkaras Crisis. Give yourself up. Knock it.
Brand new stuff by Dublin Submotile off the LP Ghosts Fade on Skylines. We just heard a tune called Amped and Faded, preceded by our obligatory fall track this week, which was Got to See Jane off uh, Are You Are Missing Winner from 2006. Up next, we're going to go to Mountain Ash and hear something nice and new. It's more than nice, actually, but it is new by Dunkey. Can a song save your life? And I'd hasten to say that the answer to that poser is yes, categorically.
what's the point in this? You do all the thinking, where are we? Just digging shelters in the snow Build a house, a dream, and I'm a no I know it's falling down Got my headphones on, I won't hear a sound it's all broke down Eyes out on the road But no one comes along When you want them to Your head hang long. Yeah, old north wind is blowing through these cracked up boards, and you won't feel so strong. Voices on the street, yeah, is closing time again. Slightly talented chap is Neil Halstead. That is Neil Halstead of Slow Dive, and that's off his third solo LP from 2012 entitled Palindrome Hunches, and a song that we just heard called Digging Shelters. And before that, from Mount Nash in Wales, with a beauty from uh, last year, that was uh, Donkey, and you can follow them at donkey.bandcamp.com. And uh, let's see what's coming up next. Oh, yes, we're going to go to Leeds now, and here's something off their debut LP. Useless coordinates. I'm going to hear a song called Unwound by Drala before we get into another hat trick. Sweet today. 
takes a good few hours to put near perfect pitch together on a weekly basis. Everything from playlisting and selecting to recording and editing, arranging the interviews, bit of graphic art, bit of uploading, bit of downloading, it takes a long time. So I'm proud to say that uh, Near Perfect Pitch is on Patreon. In lieu of any advertising, it's the only money I make to cover costs. Patreon.com slash nearperfectpitch. If you can spare a five or a tenner or 20 a month, more than grateful to you. You'll keep Near Perfect Pitch on the airwaves without any invasive advertising. Just who is that plank? Now, what do we hear? We heard Drala, didn't we? We heard uh, off their WLP Eustace coordinates, Unwound, and you can follow them at Drala, D-R-A-H-L-A dot Bandcamp dot com. Now it's time for this week's second hat-trick. Yeah, we're going to have two this week, which is uh, an anomaly of sorts. We're going to hear something thematic, all from New York, from New York City and surrounds, starting off with some Frankie Rose.
trick uh, which is themed by the city of new york new york city and the third track that we heard there was big thief title track to their latest lp ufof they're from brooklyn specifically bigthief.bandcamp.com and squeeze in between that was barry with a track called darjeeling and that's off their happy to be here lp uh, and you can follow them at barry b-a-r-r-i-e.bandcamp.com and kicking things off with a song about a vacuum cleaner, no less, Dyson Sphere by Frankie Rose off the 2017 Cage Tropical LP, frankierose.bandcamp.com. Frankie with an I-E there from New York, of course, being this is a New York hat trick. Right, next up, time to take care of another special feature. It's the one called Tune This, i.e. a banger in popular parlance. Roll back the ears, draw back the curtains, and go radio rental with reckless abandon to a bit of Public Image Limited.
again and again. That's the KVB lead track to 2013's minus one LP. And uh, the kvb.bandcamp.com is where you can follow them. And before that, it was our tune this, Public Image Limited, Pill, John Lydon, Johnny Rotten, This Is Not A Love Song, the 12-inch remix. And that uh, was originally a single, their fifth single from 1983. Now it's time for Essential Wax. Yes, it's our LP feature of the week. You need to have this record type feature. It's brought to you by our chums at Everything Indie Over 40, a music community whereby... You can join like-minded people like myself, talk, chat, and just enter a world of wonderful musical banter and fun frivolity, and sometimes some silliness too. Great, great community. Anyway, join them, everythingindieover40.com. They are presenting Essential Wax, which this week is Warm Jets, Future Signs from 1998 on This Way Up Records. The band were named after Brian Eno's Here Come the Warm Jets, and I'm going to play you two LP tracks in a row to entice you to buy this record. Shut through 
Silver Surfer, that's Warm Jets, 
preceded by Vapor Trails, both LP tracks, i.e. not singles. They had a really, really busy year in 1998 before they were dropped by Island Records. Six singles, two of which made the top 40, and the LP did make the top 40 briefly as well. Future Signs, Warm Jets, 1998, that's our essential wax this week, as brought to you by Everything Indie, over 40.com. Love them and envelop them. Next up, it's an interview with John Andrew Frederick, the uh, the Black Watch up next, and then there's going to be some intermittent music before we talk to Dan Rosato from your 33 Black Angels. Let's hear a couple of belters by the Black Watch, shall we, before we get into a chat with John. Somehow 
Johnson LP. That's April Fools and that's the Black Watch of course, preceded by a single from earlier this year we heard Julie. And now it's over to myself and a chat with John but before I do he's got four releases coming out all on the 21st of this coming month. The new album which I just mentioned, Magic Johnson which uh, also includes the Paper Boats EP available on CD download and stream. There's a new single disc compilation, 31 Years of Obscurity, The Best of the Black Watch, 88 to 2019, on all formats. And actually, not vinyl, CD download and stream. And then there's Rare Music reissued, The Vinyl Years, 1988 to 1993, available on CD download and stream. And then a new career retrospective, The Completed Works, 1988 to 2019, every... Thing the Black Watch has ever released on a limited edition USB thumb drive, exclusively sold at uh, atomrecords.com. So there's four releases coming out by the Black Watch. John is a busy chap. Let's go over and have a chat with him. All right. Yes, sir. How are you? I'm all right. How are you keeping? I'm okay. A bit of a summer cold ahead of. Uh ahead of the season but otherwise all right nice one well I, i've uh, i'm just for band, bandwidth sake i'm just going to keep the uh the, the camera off and also i've got to apologize for my voice i was at the pub all day yesterday watching the football and uh being being that we won i lost my mind and i've lost my voice at the same time so well they kind of go in tandem don't they they kind of do they, they kind of yeah, do you guys have you guys had a big win, didn't you? We certainly did. We certainly did. I had my, my kids with me and they went suitably mental as well. So it's, it's rather quiet around here today. So save, save for talking to you. 
it's going to be a pretty quiet day, I think. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a bittersweet thing when your team takes a major, you know, a major match or contest and stuff. So it is. It is. If yeah, you, if I'm you, huge, I'm, I have been, you know, much of my life a giant sports fan, mostly mostly tennis, but, you know, and a fair weather. I always root for England, you know, the World Cup and all. Well, that's that's a futile endeavor at best, isn't it, really? But still, <clears throat> wow, it's a frust it's been a frustrating thing, but pretty exciting though, that's for sure. Well, you know that's sport, but but in in, in Cali, I mean, do you not follow any uh, American sport? I mean, tennis is an individual sport. Well, I, gave, I gave a lot of my, you know, hence the title of the new record, Magic Johnson. That's I gave it. A lot of my life and time to the Los Angeles Lakers. That's where I was going. That's where I was going. I was hoping. Right, that. Well, that's <laughs> nice. Nice segue. Uh, yeah. Nice segue. There you go. But well, yes, um, of course. Uh, but I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not. I'm not so keen on on watching. You know, you, you sort of time passes, and you realize that it's much better to be active and get out there and you know ha, ha, have a kick or shoot around or whatever your sport is, rather than sitting in front of the telly all day. Oh, cracky. Yeah, investment. I, but, you know, special occasions like Liverpool FC yesterday. Yeah, yeah. You know, you got to go. You have to go. Well, I was going to ask you. Like, you know, there just aren't, in Los Angeles, there just aren't that many great, yeah. I mean, there certainly aren't any pubs. They're just, they're faux pubs, really, sort of. Um, well, I've been to LA a few times, and I've, I've ended up at what what is, is called a pub, and it's really not a pub. It's a... Uh, it's it's almost like a Weatherspoons on on speed almost. It's 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 okay. It's an equivalent, and I've watched my fair share of football in California as well. I, I'm just grateful to get the football. I don't really care about the environment yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Well, I want I want both I want both experiences, but in order to get get them, of course, you have to get hop on it. On a flight, so. Well, let's talk about that because you, you're you're a dual resident as 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 it goes, and um, you know you're you're well versed in in London and British life as you are with West Coast Cali American life, and needless to say that there there are a few there are a few Western cities that are so different as LA and London, in 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 numerous countless capacities. If, if somebody was to put a, a pistol to your cranium and said, look, you've got to choose one place to reside, what would, what would you do? I'd end up with a, a drift in the Atlantic with a <laughs> pistol to my head. Yeah, you'd, you'd be set, set somewhere in the drink between, between, uh, between the island and, and, and Newfoundland somewhere floating in the middle of the ocean. I think so. That's, that's where you'd find me, just, you know, um, per perpetually in a kind of a... Um, uh, a me metropolitan purgatory. <laughs> a metropolitan purgatory. Self-imposed, self-imposed, mind you, because you could go I, elsewhere. I, I haven't spent enough time in London. You know, as I, I mentioned before in interviews or in the bio, I try to spend a couple months in London every year now. Yeah. Um, I lived there for a year after university, and you know, just I'm so fond of that city. You know, my heart is there. So much of my research of being a freak for. 18th century literature for you know Johnson and Boswell is my particular you know um, area of interest that I'm a total Johnson and Boswell boffin. Yes, you um, are. I haven't spent enough time there to, to to loathe it in the way that I loathe my um, Los Angeles, you know, the 
a love, love, a loving, loathing, as it were. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's the thing. So, I, gosh, I don't know. That would be a very unfair thing to do to me. Sorry, that, uh, I hope you don't have any pistols at the ready. Oh, crap, you know. No, no, I'm completely... I, I like both cities so much. But, yeah. You know, it's just, it's a nice, they, they do make a, it's, it's you know, I think it's really um, apt of you to, you know, point out the contrast because they are really so, so incredibly, dime, almost diametrically opposed somehow. So. And I love both. And, I, and, I, and yeah. I do, I mean, I mean, London to me, I, I, I moved there in the late 80s and lived there to the early 90s and, and it was a place that I gravitated towards for, for obvious reasons. It's, it's a grossly different place now, as, as is any major city 20, 25 years on, but Los Angeles, I mean, anyone who's been to LA, it's just an immediate vibe as soon as you step off the plane, it's palpable. Um, but I think it's just as palpable when you step off a plane in London at the same time. It's true. I mean, I do, I do think you have to have, you know, put put the 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 blinders on a touch, um, and just you know uh, frequent the places that you that you know I haven't yet been tainted by gentrification or Americanization. If you're talking London yeah. or you know just uh, just, just general I, general franchising, really. <clears throat> you know. Yeah, that. That's, I mean, that's been going on since I first started going over in the early 80s, you know, just to, to, to turn a corner, you know, somewhere off Old Street or um, the Charing Cross Road and, you know, run into a Kentucky Fried Chicken, you know. That's whatever. right. Was, you know, the, the, the shock of that. Yeah, well, that's like those people. But it's too early in the morning for us to wax. Oh crikey, no! Well, it's especially it's especially early for you. But but let's let's go back let's go back to this the, the major point of why we're talking. It, it's about your oeuvre of work, and it's it's well documented. Especially if you guys who aren't initiated, you're certainly going to be hyper initiated come the end of this. But this is a very busy time for for the for the Black Watch. It's a very busy time for John. Um, I mean, Magic Johnson is that I've had the, the pleasure of listening to. It's, it's a great record and it's, it's obviously not out yet. It's coming out, it's imminent. All of these records I'm talking about are just around the corner. There's the new single disc compilation, which is, is just brilliant for anyone who wants to dip their toe in the water. There's the, there's the vinyl years, which is brilliant in its own right as well. And then there's the super uber comprehensive uh, career retrospective as well. So you have been a very busy camper uh, with new material, and revisiting old material and it must have been quite uh well it must still be an exciting time because they haven't still been birthed yet we've got about uh, what 19 days before they, they officially are released it must have been a real rush for you to to be a looking back at the old stuff and b being so stoked about working with scott andy and, and, and rob again on the, on the new works well, that's very kind of you to say that. That's Sorry. a wonderful pricey to set up the uh, to to set up the top the chat about those um, those records. Uh, it just it, it all it eventuated from an acoustic tour that I did of the Midwest last year, where I ended up in Dayton, Ohio, home of Adam Records, our label. Yeah. And um, I spent four, three or four days just having wonderful shows. I mean, people were just you know. Absolutely great music fans in that town, and I got to um, know, know Scott Pearson really quite well and hang with him. And we talked about, you know, I turned in the new record, Magic Johnson, and he said, Hey, John, you can, you can put this out, but ostensibly you're just going to get the same, the faithful, to put it in Proustian terms, you know, the little coterie of writers and yeah. uh, podcast people such as yourself who are in the know. 
and you, you're just you're gonna it, it's gonna be yet here's yet another record that's critically favored and commercially ignored because uh, Scott said <coughs> excuse me um, we've got to make a big splash so I'd like to do a, a compilation and hit, as he was a former um, college radio DJ as so many people who get into I don't know if you ever did that I yourself. did I, I did yes sure. did. of course you did yeah I mean I, I wish I would have but I you know started making stuff to be played hopefully on the air instead <laughs> and I love going into college radio stations anyway Scott as a former DJ he said look let me come up with the songs and I said gosh you're the one who's you know you're putting all the energy and marketing behind this Go, go ahead, that's a wonderful burden because, you know, anytime anybody's asked me, you know, where would you, it's daunting to get into the black box some, for some people, where do I start? You've got 17 LPs and a mess of EPs. Um, where do I begin? And that's just, you know, uh, uh, a petrifying question for me because I, uh, I can't possibly be objective you know, no, at all. No. Um, yeah, so... It was it was a great burden lifted to have Scott choose the songs and many of many of which I just go gosh I'd never think of that to put that and he sequenced it um, very lovingly I mean the the, the guy's got something like ten thousand records in a, in his office um, uh, CDs and vinyl and the whole bit he had you know pristine copies of everything we'd ever done oh really terribly flattering. And he's obviously, you know, he's in some ways more better informed than, than I am because I have been busy enough continuing to make records that I don't have time or interest in sitting around listening to myself. Yeah, yeah. Not to say I don't want to be disingenuous and say I never go back and visit visit the stuff, but you're mentioning of the, the early vinyl years that he wanted to put out as well. You know, I thought, gosh, that, that stuff would have been... You know, summarily and ha quite happily buried because I'm I'm not super proud of it, and yet once it was mastered for CD, there's a you know I, I I've always you know maintained that an artist should sort of grow up in public, and you know I, I did that with a vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> you you've done that as you're almost. I still believe in the songs. It's just in the recording. We were finding our way in the studio and didn't yeah. really realize that you could plug guitars. You know, you didn't have to plug it directly into the board to get a very, you know, thin, you know, chorusy kind of kind of sound and stuff. So it is. There is something charming there for the for the people. And moreover, they don't have to go searching on you know far afield on eBay and pay forty to fifty to sixty dollars or more. For a bit of you know vinyl and a bit of history, they can you know uh, listen listen now and you know if, if they buy if people buy CDs. Well, I'm yeah, just thank you for saying that. Oh no, no worries at all. I mean, I'm I'm as I'm as happy for you because at, at the end of the day, you are one of these artists. I mean, you hit the nail on the head when you were talking about uh, you know being being prolific without the without the commercial acceptance, which is a travesty. Um, and of course, you, you are not alone in, in this. And it, people like myself are trying to do something about it. But it is, it's a hard slog for the, for the likes of yourself. And it must be immensely rewarding to, to have someone who is trustworthy enough. You've entrusted this to him. And he's a genuine fan. And he's been the catalyst to almost you, you being the recipient of rediscovery, which is wonderful in itself. I think I lost... No, I'm just saying that the, 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 the conduit to putting this together, it's almost, it's almost been a, 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 
a journey of rediscovery for yourself. No, the, 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 the feed's gone wacky. Can you hear me? Yeah, now I can. You're back in. Okay. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's been it's uh, terribly flattering, and it's very bittersweet too, because you know, innumerable are the times that I've met up with somebody who goes. I mean, I I just sent a record. We fin we just finished the follow up to Magic Johnson called Brilliant Failures that was shopping around and um, trying to find a UK label for. Right. And, and somebody to put it out on on vinyl, and I'll send it to you um, as mm. well. <clears throat> Lovely. Um, and it's just it's it's nice to hear from. For people to go, I can't believe that you know you that you you've flown under my radar for so long. I would have loved to have heard you guys back in the time when you, when you started. I mean, that's a really uh, ostensibly fl super flattering thing to say, but it's also sad to think you know that there's something I don't really have much control over. <clears throat> really, stuff you put it out into the world, and um, it's it's really up to the marketing gods or the fate um, to see whether uh, you know whatever, but you know, I mean, I really appreciate what you do, what um, the writers who followed us and written about us tirelessly, some somehow seemingly, you know, it's it's uh, we're sort of all in this together. I believe well. so. <laughs> you know, for, for the sake of you know, sort of trying to, uh, in some ways, counterbalance or combat the, the the you know so much rubbish that's out there. Just if you. Take a look at the state of music. And I don't want to be to sit here bemoaning that, but you know, every, everybody, all of the cognoscenti, everybody who's in the know, you know, in, in indie music-wise, understands that you know, it just it's it's there's a, such a glut of just atrocious music out there, and we've got to keep on trying to turn people on to to wonderful new things. You guys, Canada has a wonderful band right now called Don Vale, do you know that? Yeah, 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 yeah. decent decent band for sure. Yeah, okay, Canada, I mean, Canada is chucking out its fair share. Um, again, it's, it's Canada is a victim of the, of, of the same malaise, but almost a victim as a country as opposed to individual bands for Canadian bands to get recognized. And uh, um, it's, it's always been a struggle. There's a, there's a whole spate of, of, of wonderful new music. Some of it is getting noticed, you know, like bands like the Tallies are picking up European deals and tours, but not, not as much as I, as I would like. Uh, and it's, it, I put it down to the, the, the nouveau industry. I mean, the, the, the A&R and the PR departments have been sucked dry. So in order to tour and to make money from merch, it's completely changed the dynamic of the industry, whereby you've got to have a very concerted manager. You've got to, you've almost got to be business people to make a survival venture to, to, to even hit the road. Uh, and a, a, yeah, and touring touring Canada, of course, is uh, is a monster. You have to have a very articulate plan to, to tour this country because it is, it's uh, it's a massive, massive uh, geographic landmass. And uh, there, you know, there are individual challenges here which are in parallel to the likes of Australia. Uh, you know, very, very similar cultural aspects and, and industry uh, parameters. But Canada does check out its fair share, but just like you, I, I, get, I, I must admit, I, I don't get upset, I get, I get plain angry when I listen to even the likes of, of, of BBC Radio 6, who are supposed to be playing what they want. Uh, it's not as diverse and eclectic as I would, as, as, as one of my shows, for instance, and I'm not a genius by any stretch of the imagination, but half of, half of my show is essentially new releases, and, and you cannot tell me for one second that you can just keep playing catalogue. And, and so-called hits or, or, or popular requests and do justice to the industry because still on Mondays and Tuesdays 
there is a litany of new music out that I just wish I had the time to listen to all day and every day. It's a very vibrant world that we live in. It's just all the channels have changed by which to accrue and, 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 and chase down music. But you have to sniff around a lot more, which makes something like this, uh, in terms of a marketing move, to have this quadruple release. I hope to goodness that it, uh, it, makes a, it makes a dent in people's psyche and, and gets people off their asses because this is the defibrillation that I think you need. Because everyone I've recommended the band to and, and you know sent tracks to and said you need to get this, they said, holy shit. I mean, there's a holy shit factor with the Black Watch. And um, I'm not uh, trying to take any credit, but I'm trying to say that um, I think the receptivity is there. It's just the conduit that you've got to nail down. And it just takes one spin on a couple of these stations and, and, and then Bob's your uncle. So I just hope to goodness you can get on them. Not that I'm trying to discount my, my little program here, which is global, but it's uh, Steve Lamack plays something. It's got a lot of oomph, hasn't it? Well, you know, I would say, oh, contrary, you are a genius. I've listened to your show and I've seen the bands that you recommend, and you know, you've got it just as we we've got it in a foolhardy way. Continue on, carry on. You know, so do you. So you know, I mean, don't stop. Oh, crikey! To keep keep on turning people on to to new stuff, not just ours, but you know, the other other really good quality. Well, well, it's a joy. Exciting stuff. It's a real joy. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, as, as we've had previous conversation, I mean, I, I recognised very early on that I had no musical talent. I just had a, a, a the ability to, or a willingness, if you like, to to actually buy and share, and and go out of my way to say, no, no, you, this is going to enrich your life. You absolutely have to listen to this. So I'd probably call myself a pain in the ass during my teenage years, just trying to force music upon people. And now it's kind of a little bit more passive, whereby it's not forced upon you, but it's there if you want it. Well, that's the kind of, you know, pusher man that the world needs, Garth. So, you know, <laughs> Militant. That's the, right kind of, that's the right kind of drug, you know. Yeah. Not just, you know, Roxy Music Love is the drug, so, so is, you know, so is music the drug. It really is. It really it can't be an addiction. It and is. One, and one you need to take a break from every once in a while, you know, I suppose, lest, lest you become burnt out or... Or, or jaded uh, as well, but I, you know, that 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 sort of, you know, me cavilling against the state of modern music. I don't want to just come off like that and say that's all it is because there's so many new discoveries that I've made of late as a result of shows like yours and re and reading, you know, the 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 indie or um, trades like the Big Takeover or Magnet. Yeah. You know, to find, I find a whole bunch, of, and I'm, you know, I'm so behind the times. In some ways, too, I just discovered broadcast. I'd never heard them before, and they're oh, yes. phenomenal. Yeah, um, and then a couple of a couple of bands from up north as well. Um, Hookworms, do you know them? Oh, they are at, well. They're, they're, Domino. Yeah, the new record then, is outstanding. Yeah, yeah. They're just wow. I mean, thumping. You know, abs absolutely uh, electrifying, pun intended, um, kind of kind of drones that you just kind of uh, just sort of go wow instantly. This is this has hooked me in. And then there's another band called Dose. Oh, um, yes. D-O-S-E that's on a turntable friend out of Leeds. I think they've just done a single. That's right. Only. I just thought, wow, they're, they're doing something both um, dissonant and melodic in that perfect, sweet, sour um, sort of motif that, again, that I'm just such a sucker for. There's a lot um, of it out there. And then plus, you know, Don Bale doing a lot of really cool guitar things. <laughs> many, th many, many things to praise these days. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
There is, there is, and, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm immensely grateful for it because music, new music is the only thing that is sensical to me on this spinning sphere of lunacy, to be frank. It's the only thing that I can actually get, <laughs> get my head around, you know? It's, it's the, one of, well, one of a handwork, I can look into my child's eyes. That's about the only thing that can compare. Um, now, I just wanted you to touch upon, because I think it does deserve justice, is that, is that the individual prowess of, of, of Scott, Andy and Rob, I mean, you're working with some guys who are at the top of their game, aren't you? Well, I mean, they're so on top of their game that I've had to do very little with both of these, uh, both of the records, Magic Johnson and then the forthcoming one called Brilliant Failures, which is... You know, something of an inside joke. I consider everything we've done to be a, you know, oh. in all modesty and immodesty, a brilliant failure, um, <laughs> uh, somehow. But uh, that because Scott Campbell is a musician as well as ha you know having produced Stevie Nicks and Acetone and um, No Doubt, and I mean I always tell people like Scott's you know did a single with Mick Jagger. He's told Mick Jagger, sorry, Mick, not good enough. You gotta do it again. <laughs> These are absolute pros, and this is one of the reasons why in 30 years of making Record Star, I think I've touched the board, maybe the faders on the board, three or four times, because they're, you know, I think this maybe stems from an academic sort of background, and the, the kind of respect that one grants to people who've been trained to do things, that's why I sort of always marvel at artists who also record themselves, I mean, good for you, but at the same time, you're putting somebody out of a job. Um, maybe it's a control issue. You're putting somebody out of a job who's really trained to do, you know, what he or she does. So Scott Campbell's one of them, the great engineers, and he doesn't even have a website. He's just a very modest guy. He's away in Paris now, working on an HBO show um, with uh, with a guy who's hired him to do a bunch of uh, records. Um, someone called Glenn Ballard, who is responsible for you know Alanis Morissette and all that. And then Rob Campanella as a touring musician in the Brian Jonestown Massacre, and he's got his own Hollywood Hills studio. And, you know, mind you, you know, these, these guys, Andy Creighton, who's the other guitar player in the Black Watch and has his own band called The, a World, the World Record, their knowledge of how to manipulate sound and space sound out and their intimacy with my aesthetic, um, you know, works really well. So that was the sort of, that was the idea for the, the these the latest for Magic Johnson in particular to sort of you know work with work with three people whom I love who can also play really well and who could just uh, if, if on the if the spur of the moment that they they thought that there should be an extra little bass lick here or a twelve string guitar or I mean Andy Creighton plays drums just as well as he plays guitar I mean he would tell you you know he would say the nay about that he'd just say oh no. I don't, but he's, you know, uh, with somebody, it's like John Lennon said, you know, I'm an artist, if you brought me a, a, a tuba, I could bring you something out of it. So surrounding yourself with people like Rob, like Andy, like Scott, um, just only, uh, it can only bolster what I do, and it was a nice experiment too to say, okay, once again, I've written an album's worth of songs, I'm, you know, vain or... Um, valiant enough to want to go <laughs> record them and throw them out there again, but let's see you interpret them somehow, and I'll sort of have a laissez-faire attitude toward, towards that, and 
one could only hope that worked, but you know, we, I like how it turned out. No, it it uh, seems immensely immensely organic to me, and uh, it leads me to one more thing because you touched upon you touched upon HBO there. I've I've always thought. As the, well, lately the quality of, of broadcast has, has gone through the roof, whereby you can watch something on uh, on Netflix or HBO or or, or or Amazon Prime, and the quality, the top end quality of the top end shows are as good as anything from Hollywood. They've raised the bar. You know, Astonishing! As, uh, I, I've been maintaining this too. The TV series are the new. You know, I think if Kubrick or Hitchcock were alive, you know, they'd be making. They'd be making shows for Netflix yes. rather than feature films somehow. It's just astonishing. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and, and with that comes the, the multidimensional aspect because, you know, they put out three Matrix films. It's the polar opposite, and that could have been a two-and-a-half-hour film, and it would have been great. And then they put out other films that are an hour and 35 minutes long and they can't do justice to the story, and they have to cram it into 95 minutes, whereas it, a nice... Uh, ten sets of one hour allows you to obviously develop characters and just it's just a better forum. And now that you can binge watch, of course, you haven't got to wait Sunday to Sunday or Tuesday to Tuesday. But but more to it than that, a lot of due care and attention, not just through CGI, but just through just verbatim pedantry, really, in terms of the set and, and every aspect being bulletproof, like a Downton Abbey is just bulletproof. But it's the music, and I've always thought always thought that there is a home for you uh, on the soundtracking stage. Is there ever anything you've had opportunity to do or pondered? You know, um, we, we, our, our stuff is administered by Chrysalis BMG, and I don't think, I think they're such a monster conglomerate that they don't know who we are. Um, so anytime, you know, uh, we, we used to be with Bug Music, but they sold us um, the, about five or six or more years ago. Um, to Chrysalis, but I, I just don't, I don't think that we're on their radar, I get checks for them for airplay and stuff, but there isn't anybody there really who's pushing the stuff to, to television, um, and that's, that seems unfortunate, you're certainly not the first person who's, you know, observed that, that we'd be good for, for cinematic things, um, as well, I just, I got, I just got a note from somebody at a major music publisher, who said I followed you for years? I love your stuff, but it's just so nineties. <laughs> what? First of all, we came. I thought we were eighties when we in our late eighties when we started, and you know, it was just a way to sort of, uh, you know, not slag me, but you know, shuffle me off a little bit to say I can't really take a chance with this. But you know, I wanted to. I wanted to repost. I wanted to say, but don't you understand that the nineties nostalgia is just round the corner? Yes. Had its day. Next, next comes the you know Brit pop grunge. Yes, absolutely, and it will. I mean, it's it's. You know, Stone Roses have just made their. I mean, they're more. You know, made their made their comeback somehow as well. I don't know. I mean, it's just it's a nice. Once again, it's you know a nice thing, and that's and that is seemingly how lots and lots of people. And for better or worse, find out about music because they heard it on the soundtrack to, you know, it's a conduit. It totally is. It's a Breaking Bad or, or whatever. You so will be amazed, yeah. amazed how many people just you know source music through Shazam or whatever it might be, and say, so I heard that on Killing Eve as an example. Oh, I heard that track there, and then they got. I love that show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But again, that's yeah. that's a classic case of 
real due care and attention being uh, being outlaid on the soundtrack. I mean, it was it, that was as as much love was put into that as was the was the visual. So that's what I'm trying to scream at you. And, and, it, and it, uh, to me, uh, it just seems a logical progression for you, and it just needs that break whereby it just needs recognition because. I can just, I mean, of course, there's there's as much dross on there as there is brilliant stuff because it's just yeah. it just boils down to someone's choice and some music director. But it's just a wonderful forum, and, and you know the, the kind of mainstream stuff that my wife watches, like all these hospital shows, whether it's an ER or God knows what they're called nowadays. But you know, sure. I mean, ninety percent of America discovered Coldplay through ER. <laughs> just th think Again, think on that. Yeah, I guess. I'm, I'm not I'm, saying. I'm, we're hoping for that. It's you know, it's become. Uh, I've been told that it's somewhat political too. That music supervisors, you know, have lend in, you know have an ear to 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 the the, the appropriate you know track to, to place, but also an eye towards the charts or towards who's up and coming and you know um, touring and um, just got a you know powerful sign with a powerful booking agency and all of that sort of thing you know and once again it's just you know chance would be a fine thing is <laughs> <laughs> all we can say yeah well it's just it's just a to me it's a logical progression and and the music is it can be simplistic and I don't mean that in a bad way in terms of simple chord structures but you can get hyper hyper detailed in terms of layered layered structures and that's the beauty of the band it's so diverse and I think it does it has potential I'm just hoping one of these snot-faced little people recognizes you before before it's too bloody late so I was well, going to Mara, why don't you why don't you take the bull by the proverbial and become a music supervisor yourself I would love to supplement your in income and get in Get involved with some of the suits. Oh, I'd love to. I'd have no. I wouldn't even be nowhere to begin. I, it's very much a square, square peg yeah. in a round hole. I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't play the corporate game too, too well, unfortunately. Well, yeah, that's again, that's one of the, you know, it seems that's one of the ironies and or hazards the people who are, you know, the people who are in the know don't necessarily get to run the show. Yeah, yeah. Well, well. <laughs> we'll jingle for you. Well, our time will come. Our time will come, John. I'm sure of it. I was going to ask you next to to, to please do me a favor and everyone a favor and uh, choose choose three songs of your works and and uh, that just you would love people to hear. Um, and I'd gladly play any three that you choose. Um, we just we just discussed this a little bit. How 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 torturing that that question is. All right, but I'll throw I'll pick three out of my. Tennis hat. Um, yeah. I would say quasi-stellar quasi radio source yep. from King of Good Intentions um, is one that's not on the compilation 31 Years of Obscurity, but any anybody with a baggy, druggy past or, or a, an absolutely clean, clean, you know, um, slate um, will, will love the dreamy floaty drugginess of that song I think it's um <clears throat> it's one of my favorites it's just a you know a beautiful guitar drug it would have been um, it would have it would have uh, really not uh, not been out of place uh, being played at the Hacienda in 1989 yeah but yeah, before the 90s there the other yeah. said 90s <laughs> and then, just in um, there just in there and then I would pick <laughs> I, I, I would I would pick um uh 
shoot, what's it called? I can't even think right now. Oh, Crikey, um, uh, April April Fools from Magic Johnson. Yeah. Um, another slower one. Um, I would pick April Fools there um, simply because it's I think it's quite moving in a very sim simple two two chord occasional minor chord um, seesaw sort of way. And then if you wanted to go um, to the the poppy side. Um, something from another one from the compilation and from Magic Johnson <clears throat> that's uh, would um, would be maybe Me and You and Me, um, yeah. a song about a subway ride for toward, toward a um, zany, overwhelmingly you know charming but mad person of a paramour. Um, that's that that might be one to um, to that's, do from the uh, new record. Too. Lovely, that's a great. That's a a really good cross section, John. Thank you. And and yeah. if, if you if you remember the last chat that we had, um, I I always end off interviews with uh, a, a, what's probably deemed a daft question, but it's a, to me it's, a, it's 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 important. And it's are we uh, on biscuits again? We're, we're on biscuits, and I'm looking. I've got my I've got my massive massive uh, infographic in front of me, and uh, I don't even know if you remember what you chose last time. Um, I don't. And that's okay. That that that's good. That that that's going to be forcing some uh, some organic uh, answering here. So the hypothetical question is: You're around my place with a hot beverage, and I come out of the pantry with a magic biscuit tin. And you, being so worldly, being that you live in two places, you've got a lot more choice than most. What biscuit would you choose? Or biscuit cookie derivative. I, I'll let you push the envelope if you did, want to. Did I choose a Madeline last time? No, you didn't. You chose a milk chocolate digestive last time. Okay, yeah. Um, I, I, I'll, ch I'll choose a Madeline this time. Okay. Just, that's what that's what I choose every morning, in fact, in my terribly Virgo-like habitual creature of <laughs> habit kind of way. <laughs> I, have a I, I, just, I got a diagnosis of... Um, Pre-diabetes, growing you know, growing up in uh, Southern California as a kid who's you know could ride his bicycle to a Seven Eleven and spend his the money he earned you know mowing the lawn on uh, innumerable atrocious candies and stuff you know of course British candy being infinitely superior um, but yeah so I allow myself I couldn't live without a little bit of sugar so I'm with you uh, I'm with you if, if yeah, I don't have I something. Gotta, gotta have it there's no i mean i'd rather just not not be here than than not get at least one sugary treat so i always start the day with a with a madeline well that's so that's, that's biscuit you know, there biscuit, you go i mean you've, right? you've, you've answered that in spades thanks so much and so in the meantime I, i'm just so delighted that we've had this chat it's very very timely it's uh, it's just a match of days before everybody has an opportunity to uh, to listen to either a new discovery or the new record verbatim so i'm just really happy for you and i hope to goodness that we have a chance to talk again soon and possibly let's let's just plan to talk after the next record if that's okay with you uh, absolutely it's coming very soon there's a seven inch coming on uh, a little la label called hypnotic bridge uh three song ep and i'll certainly um have them ship that off to you and um thank you very much for you know taking the time to have a chat always interesting and delightful you know you're a scholarly gentleman sir so bless you no it's a, it's a real joy a real joy and i know that i've got some close friends who are very envious of me who who just absolutely love your work and i'll be i'll be calling them after this to to talk about it give them a little bit of a sneak peek cuz uh, the contents of your brain are always a pleasure to discuss and i'll i'll talk to you talk to you very soon i hope
Showstar, thank you so much once again. Oh. Yes, and you know, make the sign of the cross over those friends. Yeah. I shall do that. I shall, I shall do that, brother. Look thank after you. yourself. Cheers, John. Okay, take care now. Bye. Bye bye. Right then, are you ready for your multiple choice exam? on all things that pertain to the Black Watch. You should be suitably well educated now after having listened to that. Thanks, John. That was immensely informative and a lot of fun. Now, time for one more song by the Black Watch before we get into a little bit of a, a segue into the next inter- interview, rather. Uh, featured on the 31 Years of Obscurity, Me and You and Me.
single from 1985 on the mighty 4AD. That's Colourbox with Arena and uh, that appears on numerous compilations throughout the course of history. And before that we heard the third and final song by The Black Watch. We heard Me and You and Me of 31 Years of Obscurity. Next up we're going to LA to hear something by Superette.
off their seventh LP, Eternity's One. That is your 33 Black Angels with a tune called Title, as chosen by Dan himself. He also chose the next song, which is coming up. It's called uh, Viva Dirty Europe, and I'm going to play that for you in just a second. But uh, be aware that if you listen intently to the interview, you'll uh, get the hint that there may be uh, an Eternities 2 LP as a quick, surefire follow-up to Eternities 1. Here's Viva Dirty Europe off the LP, and I'll be back to talk with Dan after this. Do you 
second of three tracks that you're going to hear off the Eternities One LP, brand spanking you by your 33 Black Angels. Over to myself now and a chat with Dan Rosato. Hello. Hello, Dara. Hey, Dan. How you doing, mate? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, good. Thanks very much. So, uh, where are you at the minute? I'm at my apartment in Brooklyn right now. Of course you are. Of course you yeah. are. You're about, to, you're about to get busy and hit the road, though, aren't you? Yeah, we're leaving tomorrow. Yeah, so it's your last day of uh, lounging for a while, then. Pretty much. Pretty much. Just going to relax. It's a nice day out. Trying to get some sunshine. Yeah. So, in popular popular vernacular, are you are you stoked about the the forthcoming tour? Very much so. Yeah. 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 Getting out, getting out there in front of the people, sharing the new songs. Yeah, we've been uh, working pretty hard on getting these new these new songs ready. So it'll be nice to get up back up into Canada to play some shows. It's been a while. Superb. Now, now you were just in Brazil, weren't you? We were, yeah, in January. We were in Brazil for uh, yeah, about two weeks. It was pretty, it was pretty fun. Were you uh, disclosing any of the new material to the Brazilian uh, fans as well at, uh, at the time? We played a few. Um, <clears throat> there's a few songs on the newest release that we've been playing live for kind of a while, probably almost a year. So right, right. Some of that stuff was there, and then there's a bunch that we kind of, you know, had to. Get ready after we after we got done with Brazil. We kind of drilled down on some of the other right. stuff. So, right. So Brazil so, was almost a, almost a practice run, almost. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, yeah, a little bit of a test for some of those songs, sure. Yeah, yeah. Now, let's talk about the, the record itself. It's it took quite some time to put together. Um, now, of course, we're not talking about three solid years, blood, sweat, and tears, but that's the time frame that we're, that we're talking about, and we're talking about 60-plus days in the studio. So this has been the recipient, this record, of a lot of diligence and a lot of attention. Um, was it a stressful thing for you to, to put this together over the course of three years, or was it, was it uh, an effortless endeavor? Because sometimes the longer something takes, the more stressful it can become. Um. I wouldn't say it was stressful because, you know, I mean, no, I mean, the only pressure that we've got is just pressure that we put on ourselves to, to make something cool that we can be proud of. So it's not like yes. somebody else, you know, demanding this or that from the album um, to put extra stress on us. It was just like, you know. I get that. I know there's no A&R man breathing down your neck, but, but, but almost self you know, self-doled out uh, pressure can be more more pressure-filled than if it's coming externally. It depends on who you are. It depends how much pressure you are, what kind of temperament you've got as an individual. You know, so yeah, that's true. <laughs> I just don't, and again, I don't. I just I don't know if you're the type of person that uh, that or, or the type of outfit that operates whereby you can just it gets done whenever it gets done, or, or you sort of self-imposed urgency that you impress upon the situation. You know, we did actually, there came a time where we, 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 we thought the record was going to be a double record. Oh, right. So many songs that we were working on, and it got it did get to a point where it felt like it could just stretch out forever. So, you know, we decided to pull the plug and say, okay, here's like, let's put a set of songs together that fit right on a record, and we'll finish those, and then we'll move on to the rest later. Because it, it did just kind of... You know, this three years and 60 days and everything, like, isn't just the album that people are going to hear. There's more, there's actually quite a bit more material that... Oh, yes, I would, I would, I would expect. ...refined, so 
we did have to kind of make a judgment call about when to stop working on, you know, when, when to put together a release. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and that's always difficult. Very subjective. You've got to, you know, got to cut the cord at some point. And but, but yeah. I would imagine that the residual songs are either going to be, well, I'm still a stickler for the old, uh, the old uh, B-side format, of course, which seems to be a dwindling format. Uh, but it could be the could be the fruits of the next work or the spinal column of the next project. Yeah, I mean, the album is called Eternities One. Yeah, and I think you know that partly is designed to sort of leave the door open for Eternities Two, Eternities Three, or whatever. I don't know what form that will take. Whether it'll be another LP release or some EPs or some video. I don't. You know, we're keeping it open, but there's there's definitely more work to be done from those sessions. Oh, good stuff, good stuff. So you know, three three years, sixty days worth. Probably two LPs as opposed to one, so it's, it sounds a lot. That makes it sound an awful lot more productive, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, we're not, we were not wasting time in the studio. That's for sure. Twice the pace. Now, yeah. now you chose you chose Hot Fun to be the, the lead track, and of course you produced uh, that video, which is, uh, for want of a better expression, uh, it, it's out there, uh, and it's a, it's immensely enjoyable, and it's and it's 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 mental. I'm going to be honest with you. It's 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 it's, it's absolutely mental, but it's 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 very endearing. And uh, I guess Richie from Vinyl Villain uh, is, uh, is is partly responsible for 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 that for the mayhem. He's definitely responsible for the mayhem. Because <laughs> it's pretty yeah, that cool. Was a happy, that was a happy, uh, a really great process. Actually, he just kind of took care of. It. A lot of it, the concept and everything, just delivered something really awesome that fits well. With That's great. No, it really is. It's, it's, I mean, if, if you were just sort of to, to be the recipient of, of just a, a couple of lines uh, and, and read about it, you'd think, oh my goodness. But when you see it, you lot listening out there, you've got to, you know, I'll give you all the links to this video. You've got to have a look at it. It's, uh, especially if, if you're into alien culture as well, it's, it's especially enjoyable. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. Now, yeah, well, I mean, uh, should, we, should we call him Richie? Shouldn't I say Richie? Nice work, fella. Um, now, do you do you typically have within within the within the dynamic of the band? I know it's a cliche question, but I, but I must ask because it, it, to me it's very very important. Um, the process by which you put pen to paper, by which you demo and and uh, and session track, is it something that you do? As a group, or does does one of you waltz up and, and write down some chords, and then then, then the lyrics come afterwards? What, what's typically the? I, I know it's not a cookie cutter, but is the typically yeah. a, is there typically a format? Oh, it's probably just about everything you can imagine. To be honest with you, I know that's no. not the best answer, but there's no. you know there's everything from uh, someone bringing in a fully formed song that they've got parts written out for, and just kind of like everybody learning what's up and, and making an arrangement of it to stuff that has just grown out of like an improvised thing that might have happened at a rehearsal that got recorded and then that turned out to spark an idea for a song that took a month to put together and lyrics that are freestyle you know it, 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 it's kind of like everything in between like you say there's no co- cookie cutter way um with any of that stuff we like to just be surprised right yeah well that's that's fair enough and um is this is it fair to say that that, that uh, the lyrics are handled though? Because lyrics are a very very separate beast altogether. Um, yeah. Ly- lyrically, what what is what's formulaically your process there? Because I understand the formation of a song. Uh, it can it can be built from a, any number a litany of pieces, past, present, and future. But the lyrics uh, are a different ball game. How, how do you handle them as a band? Uh, that's generally. 
going to be JW will handle a lot of the lyric writing. Um, you know, it sort of depends. We don't do a lot of, we don't do very much group writing when it comes to the words. That's usually like generally one person, yeah. you know, and the lead singer of whatever track is usually responsible for those lyrics. But, you know, that can change too. But it's not, that's very rarely a group process. Just one, yeah, because I, did, I didn't suspect it was democratic, and I didn't suspect that uh, that uh, DA was doing a Neil Peart and, and writing the lyrics for Geddy Lee. I didn't suspect that. I just wanted to just wanted to figure it out. Um, so, so with with that in mind, the song, the the process, and, and of course, you're a very uh, very tight self-produced unit, which of course renders a lot of control in the studio. But subjectivity can also be your enemy. Do you, have, do you have a sounding board of, of, of people who are close to you for that objectivity that you can't really get when you're so immersed in it like you are? Yeah, we have, you know, I mean, we do have kind of like a group of friends. I mean, it's when we're in the studio, it's, it's, it's fairly common that some friend of ours who might be in town might drop by randomly and it's like, oh, you're in town, come by, you know, the studio and maybe they'll even record on a track, but, we'll, you know, we might kind of play them something in progress to just kind of get somebody's opinion, but, uh, you know, we, we show, we show the work to people a little bit before it goes out, but for the most part, you know, it's kind of just us making most of the calls. Yeah. Yeah. No. We keep it pretty close. Now, now to the uninitiated here, you have been likened to very, well, you've been the recipient of really lazy journalism, I'd hasten to say, um, in that you've been compared to so many bands uh, that to me, a lot of them, as I read more and more and more, it's almost like someone just went into the, the indie section and said, oh yeah, they sound like all of these people. Um, let me ask you this, because this is going to be difficult for you, but and it's also a question that sounds really quite hokey, but you know, you, you have your own sound. Yes, I get that. But at the end of the day, you, we always end up speaking to people and, and they, the inevitable question is, what do they sound like? So... If, if I were to ask you, who do you sound like? Not not who do you like, who influences, who do you think you sound like? So that, that, that conceivably I could say to some uninitiated person, yeah, yeah, these guys, they sound similar to. Right. Um, I never have a good answer for that question. And I think that's partly because part of the, and, you know, in, in some sense, part of the guiding principle of the band is that anything sort of goes and we enjoy that kind of eclectic yeah. uh, approach to songwriting and performing so you know in that sense honest and I'm being totally honest it's not like I just don't want to pick something no it's totally cool it's, it's cool like I literally do not think about sounding like anybody else and that's not meant to be immodest or say like it's so unique or original and but but that's it just doesn't enter my mind and when i listen back to the songs it doesn't strike that chord for me so i always have to rely on other people yeah yeah and you're right there's uh you know uh plenty of lazy journalists out there that will just start throwing names out but you know that we don't have any control over that Oh crikey, no! I didn't. I wasn't suggesting that for a second. It's just you know when you when you hear someone saying, "Okay, they sound like Built to Spill," and then you sound like LCD Sound System. Those right. two bands don't sound remotely alike, and they're not well, remotely as eclectic as you. So it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, well, I, you know that's part of the uh, maybe part of the problem is that 
in order to cover all the bases, people have to throw out a lot of names that don't fit with each other, and it ends up just being kind of confusing. <laughs> and maybe when you listen to the album, you end up being kind of confused as to where it's going musically. Oh, so it's the opposite for me. I, I'm complete. I'm completely fine listening to the music. I get confused when people say, "Oh, the new record sounds like X," and I listen to it, and it goes, "Not even close." <laughs> oh, I know. You got to be careful with those comparisons when you set up expectations for people. Yeah, know? yeah. I, I, you know, I, I've. I, I read as many reviews as I write reviews and play records, and I, and I get and I get really quite bent out of shape. As, as, I, as I said, I, I refer to it as being lazy because it's you know comparisons are inevitable, and if you are going to make one, make the effort to actually have a decent one. If, 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 that's, yeah. if that's at all, I, that's, think, I think it's I think it's particularly with our band, it's pretty difficult to find a one size fits all kind of definition uh, that's like a touchstone musical group that will convey. All the things that we're about, um, so I just prefer to not even go down that road. No, no, it's it's alt guitar pop. If I was at a record shop, it's alt guitar pop, and that's where I'm putting it. But that, right. but that's but that's just me because I own the shop. I can do what I want. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's always a it's always a conundrum where you're going to file a band, isn't it? At the end of the day, definitely. definitely. Now, go back to the self production aspect. Um, is it something that you, you must have over the course of time gained more and more proficiency and, and confidence with it? But now are you are you com- are you completely comfy behind a board as, as 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 a conglomerate as a band and, and are you completely comfy producing your own material from A to Z? Oh, definitely. Yeah, we've we've been producing our own records uh, for totally you know for the last ten years. Yeah. We had we've had some help in the past uh, before that. But since then, we've been pretty much doing everything, and um, yeah, we're we're certainly comfortable doing that in the studio on our own. That's actually how we prefer it. No, it's it's good. I had to ask because sometimes you can be as proficient as proficient is, and and still want to entrust it to somebody else. There are some people that are very precious about their work, and there are others have got absolutely no trepidation handing over the controls to to, to, to somebody else, be it an engineer or a producer or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, now you're going to be. Uh, I'm hoping to see you guys uh, in a couple of days, uh, two or three days. You're going to be here, but you're in Toronto pretty soon. You're in Toronto day after tomorrow, right? Yeah, Monday night. Yeah, and then you, then you go all the way to uh, back back down your way to Massachusetts and go to Albany and then back in uh, in Brooklyn again. Yeah, actually, this trip is just we're just actually playing Toronto um, on Monday and then Ottawa. And then June's the the Massachusetts <laughs> thing, right? Exactly, yeah, and then in uh, June we have some dates in Massachusetts and Albany, like you mentioned. Very cool, very cool. And um, you, you, you're playing with uh, with New Aura, it looks like here, and, and, and uh, Heavy Birds. Now, what, what, what's, what happens generally when you've been the support, that's one thing, but uh, when you're choosing your support or have support, uh, how did the support come about? Like, for instance, are, are you playing uh, just solo on, uh, uh, on uh, Monday and Tuesday, or do you have a support band? On um, on Monday, we're playing with uh, a really great band from Toronto called Blonde Elvis. Oh yeah, uh, and they're friends of ours. Cool. Um, so we just you know when when we were looking to book the show, we reached out to them, and they suggested another cool local band called No Frills that'll oh, right. be on that show. Um, so that was just I mean. You know, we have a lot of, we got some friends in Toronto, so it's always nice to kind of connect with them when we go up um, to play shows. Um, 
the the Ottawa show, I believe, was booked by someone in Ottawa. There's another band called The Pale Light, which I believe is a, a local band, but we didn't choose that. No worries. Bill. That was something that was put together by the booker up there. Just curious, just curious, because you know you you yourself have supported some great bands, and there's usually a synonymity or you know a, a common thread between band and support band. You've, you've you've supported some of my faves. I'm just curious. The Blitz and Trap are fantastic, but uh, the Monochrome set that must have been a thrill. That was an awesome show. Yeah, they um, yeah they came around. I think they had a book coming out or some some reunion type tour that they were doing and uh yeah we were really we were really honored to be part of that build that was a fun show oh i bet it was i've been lucky enough to have bid on the show uh, a few months ago and uh just what a band what a band and to, to have you two you on the same stage with them that would have been a hell of a show and we thought so yeah i'm pretty i'm pretty sure you did still still milking it um i was going to ask you um it's a very, very cliched question as well, but I feel that you're the type of person that, that I think it would be receptive to it. Um, uh, you're spending money yourself on, on records. Uh, uh, what are the last handful of things that you bought yourself, being that you know you are a band that, that does cover multiple genres, despite being pigeonholed? Um, are you as eclectic in your own personal taste as the band comes across? The last... Uh, absolutely. Um, I would hope so. The last... Big record shopping trip that I did actually was was a little while ago, and we were in Brazil. Nice. So I kind of went, I kind of went off at one of these rec one of the record stores we we went to and uh, got a lot of cool Brazilian pop um, and also uh, this uh, uh, what's his name synth tomato synth. Uh, classical kind of redone classical music for synthesizers and electronics love it so you got some wacky stuff some rare pressings and some some cool yeah. stuff from brazil yeah yeah and some prince records that you can never find here well yeah they're like unicorn shit now aren't they the prince records my goodness yeah. me um i was going to ask you kindly to do me a favor of of the 13 tracks i was hoping that you could choose three for me to play um, of the 13 tracks on Eternity's One. Okay, so, um, ooh. Yeah, you get, to, you get to be the DJ, I suppose. I'm going to be the DJ, huh? All right, cool. Well, I think uh, Viva Dirty Europa would be a good, a no. good one. Yeah, that's my favorite title on the, on the record. I mean, who, who, <laughs> who doesn't like that? Yeah, it's a bit long, which we, we, it's a longer song, so, you know, we're not... But it's the new, it's the new style. You don't have to worry about that on the radio anymore. Oh God, got no, got no problem at all. If it's a twenty-eight minute epic, I'm playing it. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, how about uh, Viva Dirty Europa? And um, yeah, title, title would be a cool, a cool one. It's got a kind of interesting vibe. And maybe uh, Britpop Reveries. I was just looking at that. I was, I was, I was. That just jumped at me. That I wonder if it's going to say Britpop Reveries. Brilliant. That's great. So there's your three. Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll build that around nicely because. The record, it's a nice flow. Did, did you? I asked this a lot too, but but again, I I I, I can sense that, that there'd be there'd be an answer here that, that would be conducive to, to being cool. Is that the track listing? I'm sure to you guys is very very important, especially when we're talking about about vinyl and and uh, paying due care and attention to to lead track, opening one, last song on, on side two, that type of thing. Yeah. 
It's it's yeah, to me it's it's a paramount importance, but it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing, uh, Dan. How many people just eschew that and just just almost put it on a randomizer? It blows my mind how you don't pay due care and attention to the running order of, of of a record that you've spent so long making. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, we we are fans of albums as a, as a you know as a unit of musical expression. So we definitely do think about. Um, how where you start and where you end and how you make that journey from song to song. Uh, so that's, that's something we do. We did. We did put a lot of a lot of time into kind of getting that just right. Well, it is it is quite evident in that the flow, whether you deem it organic or otherwise, it, it's it's a nice flowing record and and it, it's it's rare nowadays to to as you said the increment of measurement to me is the album. And then the single is the is the increment of the increment that you strategically use to tease. But the album is almost reverse engineered to render a single. Uh, mm -hmm. that, that's that's how it should be. But uh, yeah. call me old fashioned and an old fart, but that, that's just how it is, unfortunately. Um, one last question. It's completely unrelated, but I ask it to anyone, regardless of, of who the heck you might be. Yeah. Um, conceivably around my place, and uh, you've got a hot beverage in your hand, and I come out of the pantry with, with the magic biscuit tin. And I and I ask you that you can to choose any biscuit, cookie, or derivative from God's green earth. What would you choose? The magic. Uh, you mean like what kind of weed did you bake in? <laughs> well, if you want to choose, if you want to choose a, a hash brownie, that's cool. When, uh, when, I, when, I, when I think about a magic biscuit tin, you know, there's yep. all kinds of stuff in there, and it's usually uh, not the kind of thing you can get across the border. Well, yeah, but you can get it here, so you can have a whale of a time over here. I mean, I can make you anything you want once you come to my house. So, 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 so that it's wide open. There is no wrong answer. So, uh, you know, I had the Dandy Warhols on last week, and I can't remember what they went for. It was something wacky, and you know, it's Brick Smith from the Fall. She's going for hash hash brownie. So, I mean, there is no wrong answer. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, well, let's see here. I had a. Uh, I, I I did once have a you know this is more of a California thing, but I did have like a one of those, these really health-conscious rolled oat-type cookie things, but it had the most powerful weed baked into it, and it's kind of sent me off for the whole day. So I'd, I'd like one of those, like, nice weed. Okay, well, I, I, I would be my, it would be my pleasure to facilitate you should you ever come around my place. So a rolled oat weed cookie would be yours. Fantastic. So in the meantime, it, it's brilliant. Well, I hope you have a lovely time in Brooklyn walking around there this afternoon and ta taking it all and getting your final uh, little rest before you hit the road. And uh, hopefully I'll see you on Tuesday with a bit of luck. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, we hope to see you at the show. Get all the best, mate. Thank you so much. Thanks, Eric. Take care. Okay, bye. That was Dan and I having a chat about your 33 Black Angels and the new LP, Eternities 1. One more track to play off the record, and it is Britpop Reveries. Don't forget, y33ba.bandcamp.com, y33ba.bandcamp.com to procure their material.
past the Union Jack, probably boogered by the bastard down on down in. Haven't learned my lessons twice. Try to listen to my advice. Something silent over us. See you very soon. You're so great, you said. It takes a good few hours to put near perfect pitch together on a weekly basis. Everything from playlisting and selecting to recording and editing, arranging the interviews, a bit of graphic art, a bit of uploading, a bit of downloading. It takes a long time. So I'm proud to say that uh, near perfect pitch is on Patreon. In lieu of any advertising, it's the only money I make to cover costs. Patreon.com slash near perfect pitch. If you can spare a fiver, a tenner or 20 a month, more than grateful to you. It'll keep me a perfect pitch on the airwaves without any invasive advertising. 
Hmm, it's that annoying bloke again, isn't it? We just heard Britpop Reveries by Your 33 Black Angels, the third of three songs off their seventh and brand new LP, Eternities One, which puts the tin lid on this episode, as my gran used to say. And uh, I'd like to thank you for listening, of course. And I'd also like to thank John Andrew Frederick, The Black Watch, Dan Rosato, and your 33 Black Angels. Back next week with episode 129. In the meantime, be nice, be safe, and uh, we'll uh, we'll meet again in about seven days or so. Ta-ra. <laughs> <laughs>